This week, we're in the high plains of north of Denver at the University of Northern Colorado with the head football coach, Ed Lamb. This episode of One Star Recruits, as always, is brought to you by 500 Level. It's 500level.com. All the best Denver athletes out there. Nikola Jokic shirts, big cartoon shirts with Jokic. Nathan McKinnon from the Avalanche. Great shirts on 500 Level. Also, Patrick Sertan, underrated cornerback for the Broncos. Get them all on 500 Level with the discount code PODCAST for 20% off everything at checkout. 500level.com. Let's go. Hey, this is Ed Lamb, head coach of the UNC Bears. I'm on with the one-star recruits. Go Bears. Yo, aloha. Welcome to the one-star recruits podcast. We're back on campus in Greeley, Colorado, home to, I believe, about 10,000 students. Love a good college town. We're from a good, we're from a college town, Rip and I, the beautiful city of Tempe, Arizona. Big Sky Conference, of which I am a proud Big Sky alumni here speaking with you on this beautiful day i'm a big northern part of the state sky come to think of it rip i moved to northern california i went to northern arizona uh kind of a big northern guy you always uh, i'm i'm scared of the snow dk but you're all you're the snow guy on this podcast i can't snowboard i can't ski i believe you can do both which maybe you'll move to Greeley someday you gotta get you gotta get in touch with it. I did a little bit of northern Wisconsin in my day, uh, where the snow became a thing. All good. Very similar football situations we have and sports situations with Northern Arizona University and Flagstaff. Kind of, and this is talking about our state a little bit. Greeley. I'm going to talk about Greeley, but I, I I empathize. I understand. It's like NAU was third fiddle in the state for resources and athletics and money and all that good stuff. But we were owning that space. We had the best, the Lumberjack. We had the best mascot, even though the Sun Devils are pretty good too, close second. But I still think the Lumberjack's a great mascot there. Uh, but it's okay. I, I understand the third fiddle. Same thing's happening in Colorado, Rip. We got the Colorado Buffaloes, obviously. The big guys, they were the, the Arizona Wildcats for us, Tucson. All the good players, all the good stuff. Then you got Colorado State, a little edgier team, you know, play a little bit of a different style, fun to watch, but Arizona State vibes. And then, of course, you got Northern Arizona up there in Flagstaff, and then you have Northern Colorado. Am I wrong, Rip? Very similar synergies and energies in the in the states. Very similar, yeah. Kind of, kind of like third fiddle, to be honest. And and coming off an zero and eleven season, that's zero wins, zero and eleven. And in this interview, Ed is really honest and upfront about it. Some great stuff from him talking about how he feels like they're really at the beginning of a turnaround. But yeah, they're, they're third fiddle for resources, for players, everything. But he's got a challenge ahead of him, and I'm excited to see what happens. It's a challenge. It's a sports town. On, on a positive note, Greeley ranked 15th happiest city in the country by Wall Street Journal. Happiest. That's pretty chill. It's probably all those breweries up there. Dude, I actually have some information that you're going to really like about Greeley that as soon as I read it, I was like, holy shit, Rip's going to love this. It's uh, they have a fun little this should be known as the rip, uh, the rip rule, the rip law. It was June 2012. Greeley became the first city in the state of Colorado to implement a lot of common consumption, which should be known as the rip law because you love common consumption. Big drink in public in Vegas, guy. Like you, I, I've never really seen you happier, Rip, as the moments when you can drink in public. Anyway, this law of common consumption in Greeley allows patrons of the downtown Greeley Entertainment Districts to buy drinks and to-go cups from and, and participating in different establishments. It's an open drink place. 
Wow, that is a bombshell, DK. This Southwest fly to Greeley? I mean, I'm ready to book my ticket. Probably one of only five cities in the country with, with that law. I'm telling you, bro, you really did actually appreciate you. I, I'm not lying to listeners when, when I say that your level of happiness goes up just the notch more for some reason when you can drink a liquor drink and walk around in public. Is this am I am I lying or is this truth? You're 100 percent true. And I mean, just to be honest, if you're a responsible drinker and alcohol consumer, it should be allowed, in my opinion. So that, that props to Greeley, props to the mayor, props to the unofficial mayor, Ed Lamb. I'm, I might be a snow guy now. I might have to get up there. It's worth getting up there. They gave us, he's not exactly from Greeley. He's from a town and, and I'm not exactly sure how close in, in relation it is. I'm grateful that Greeley in particular, this county helped raise a top three tight end next year that plays for my Arizona Cardinals, Trey McBride, big Northern Colorado guy. Huge. Town called Fort Morgan, Rip. Grateful that he was born. He might be the best tight end in football. We got Laporta. We got we got Kelsey's ending. We got Laporta. We got McBride coming up coming up for our Arizona Cardinals. So feel good about that. Let me ask you this, Rip. I got a professional basketball player who played for the Philadelphia 76ers, New Orleans Pelicans, Knicks, Magics, and Washington Wizards. What era? He was 20. He was maybe mid mid 2000s. Do you have any idea? From Greeley, Colorado. Man, I know this is wrong, but I feel like a, a seven-foot redhead like Todd McCullough would be from there. I, but give me the right answer. Close, close. Jason Smith, sharpshooter, small forward maybe. Reed Dowdy used to play for the Washington Redskins. Sean Chacon, Rockies, Yankees, Pittsburgh Pirates. Couple, couple, couple UFC guys, UFC ladies come from here. So great place for athletes. You're still at the elevation. You're still in Colorado with all kinds of beautiful benefits of the Rocky Mountains, getting into to play in the snow, take advantage of those activities. It's very safe, Rip. Lots of lots of military, lots of lots. It's a safe state to live in. Top place to live. Big football state. Low cost of living, bro. Enjoy this interview with Ed Lamb. Now joining the One Star Recruits podcast, we have a husband, a father, a native of Pleasanton, California, and the current head football coach at the University of Northern Colorado, the unofficial mayor of Greeley, Coach Ed Lamb. Thank you for hopping on with the One Star Recruits, Coach. Yeah, the pleasure's all mine. Thank you, guys. Checking in, born in Pleasanton, California, Bay Area. Are you a Niners guy or a Raiders guy, Coach? Well, yeah, that's a really good question. So the Raiders were going back and forth between Oakland and L.A. when I was younger. My dad's a Raiders guy. He came up, you know, in the 70s and 80s in in Oakland. Uh, but, you know, for us, all the guys I came up with when we started getting into football, the 49ers were not only really good, but they were the only team in the Bay Area. So I'm definitely a Niners guy. I was pulling for him this Saturday. Fred Warner was a linebacker um, at BYU while I was coaching linebackers there. So that's right. him and happy for all of his success. Very proud of him. So, yeah, it was disappointing to see him. Uh, disappointing. Let, teams. let me ask you from a linebacker point of view, because I know you guys are the heartbeat of the defense a lot of times. They got the the red dot on the helmets and on those positions. They're, they're calling some of the plays. When when What happened with Greenlaw with, with that injury of that kind of magnitude in that moment from, from a defensive perspective? It was did you feel that as a turning point in the game even when you saw it just as a coach and, and and otherwise did you kind of did your 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 heart go down in your stomach a little bit and think oh that's that's a big deal 
or rally around the players. How do you feel as a coach when you see bad injuries like that that shouldn't happen? You know, I, I guess I, it's hard to speak for everybody. I know that uh, on a personal level, you always when when one of your guys goes down, you know how much work they've put in, and you know what they mean. Uh, there's always another guy coming in, and and you know, quite frankly, you're excited for that guy at the same time. I think it's just one of the of the dozens or or maybe hundreds of things that changes momentum, and uh, for how long that lasts, it's like you know, momentum swings back and forth. But that was certainly a big downer. So tough, so tough. Uh, yeah, good to know. So, so we got Niners during their prime. How about the '89 earthquake, uh, earthquake series between the A's and the San Francisco Giants? You got a baseball team in the Bay Area. Yeah, I believe I was a junior in high school on the uh, on the practice field. We were we were practicing football when that happened, and uh, wow. I remember a, one of my one of my best friends. Um, uh, he was a he was a senior one year older than me, but he had just transferred in from Texas. His name's Jim Freeland. His son, Blake Freeland, uh, was a was a lineman for us at BYU and a draft choice, and he started as a rookie this year for the Colts. Anyway, uh, Jim went down on all fours because he had never been in an earthquake, and it was a serious earthquake. At that time, we had wooden light poles, and you could hear those things swinging back and forth and cracking, and we thought they might bust. Wow. Wow. I'm impressed that you're also doing practice during the World Series. Kids aren't watching the World Series. We're practicing for our own sport. Amazing. I'm glad you survived it, though. Those are very scary. So there we go. So we're we're giants. We had to get that always in the barrier. You got to get that sorted out, which which teams you root for where. But then you headed to, to, to BYU. And I got a picture, Coach, from 95. I don't know, Rip, if you could share this with, with, with Coach. You don't have to, though. It's on the BYU press kit. Boy, oh boy, do you ever look like a linebacker in this picture? You are thinking only about stopping runs, sacks, and interceptions. You remind, remember taking this picture at BYU in 95, Coach? It looks like you're ready to play football right there is what I'm saying. Yeah, there, there's just a lot of times where I just forget to tell myself how happy I am. It doesn't show up on my face. You know? <laughs> happy because you were ready, though. I mean, let's see. It was 95, 96. I think you had really great quarterbacks. You were playing at your at your peak those years what what would be what was your nfl comp when you were playing currently that that the kids might know about that we might know about who would you think that you played the most about at your at your playing peak you know i was a big fan of the saints linebackers their their whole linebacker core um back then even blanking the names but i'm blanking the names all i can think is scott fujita and i know that's not correct he was a little later yeah scott scott was a little later but uh, i think swilling and swilling uh, yeah ricky Ricky Jackson and then yep. uh, Sam Mills, uh, uh, the inside linebacker spot, I think. And th- but that whole core just there was a lot of different body types, athleticisms, uh, short, stocky inside backers, long, rangy outside backers that dropped into pass coverage, rushed the passer. And I just remember being a you know I, I was a Niners fan, of course, but the Saints are in that that league, and so I got to see them a lot, a lot as I was paying attention and thought they were some of the best. Really, 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 really good comps to those times. Now we're back here. We've gone full circle. Let me just go through University of Redlands, University of Idaho, San Diego, BYU, Southern Utah, Northern Colorado. I, you might be a moving expert. You a U-Haul guy or are you a mover guy? At the age I'm at, it's actually uh, a small number of moves for a coach. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, we definitely know how to move. We know how to do it. We know how to move ourselves. We know when uh, we know how to have the movers come in and and the pros and cons of both of those strategies and my kids are really the ones that have that have had uh i guess the brunt of it we, yeah. we moved, uh, a sophomore 16 year old daughter in, in mid-year last year when we took this job and it's worked out incredibly well for her but there was a lot of risk there and we were worried about it 
you got a great family around you. That's I, that coaching cycle and the coaching uh, life of the movement is it's a real thing. And I think having a sense of community, I have a move coming up. I'm headed back to the mainland possibly here this summer. And just the fact of establishing community, any tips for people establishing community in new cities that you have? Well, I don't know if it applies for everybody, but our, you know, our, our family slogan is homes where we are. And, and so as long as we're together and, and we're a support for each other, we've got a special needs son, pretty severely autistic 14 year old boy. And, and so we, we also rally around him and it's easy to be reminded on a daily basis of all that we have with our, with our faculties and abilities. And then our, um, the realization that my kids have had over the years of how hard it is to pull away, but you don't actually lose friends. You keep those friends and gain new ones. And I think you only learn that from experience, but maybe hearing about that from somebody else is can be encouraging. It's amazing perspective. Amazing perspective. You're a recruiting pro. At one point in time, life led you down a series of decisions and choices, and you were sitting like a lot of us in a cubicle. Uh, you were You were a financial recruiter instead of a football recruiter. Are those skills transferable? And then do you remember any wins you have as a recruiter? Did you get any wins recruiting financial executives, Coach Lamb? Oh, I sure did. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, the financial executive uh, recruiting was the most financially rewarding um, year that I've had. Interesting. Yeah, at that time, we were uh, I was working for Bank of America Investments. We just got, uh, you know, Tom Cable was the head coach at Idaho. We all got let go when he got let go up there. And so... That was when Idaho was in the Sun Belt. It was a difficult time during their stretch, um, and then you know I was I was out of the out of the college coaching game for a year. So I picked up that opportunity. Yeah, it, the similarity is that it's just how many times you can pick up the phone. Right. Just kept calling and calling. You got to dodge uh, receptionists. You got to tell stories. You got to just find a way to get these guys on the phone. And then just quickly get to the heart of it. And and I think that in in a lot of ways can translate to recruiting is just cast a wide net and keep doing the the research and the digging. And eventually there's a fit. And once that fit happens, yeah, we were, we were pulling in uh, uh, about 3% of the total book as a bonus of, of the financial executives that we recruited. And so, yeah, two, two guys with a big book could get you a, a good year. Let's go. Let's go coach. I love that. I love stories like that. So it's very relatable for people who daydream about the uh, the dream of what you're doing with the, with their day job. A lot of things are transferable though. You you got you're in Colorado now. We got we got Deion Sanders there and this question you you've heard before. Really for me it's it's a question of does high tides raise all ships or does it make recruiting more difficult in the state? How's how's that question hit you? Does does, does Deion Sanders in Colorado make things easier for your coach or a little bit harder? Well, I think the the uh, the awareness of college football and the excitement of college football in this state. I've, you know, I, I came in at the same time as, as Dion. So it's hard to compare it to before, but just, you know, trying to put myself on the outside. I think Colorado football is getting more exposure than, than they ever have. The university of Colorado, I think it's translated. There was a, there was a very highly rated game between Colorado and Colorado state. I get a lot of local people, you know, just bumping into people at the grocery store, or even UNC alums asking me, you know uh, how you know their their recruiting is affecting us, or, or in this case, they're not. You know they're not recruiting the state. They they become a little more of a national program, of both Colorado and Colorado State with the recruiting philosophies. I think it's left a lot of good players for us. But I think there are a lot of good underrated players right here in Colorado for us. I love that. Love hearing that. I'm a I'm a big sky guy. I'm a proud Northern Arizona lumberjack. In fact, I pulled my hamstring in, in, in 2006 at the Waukee Up Sky Dome during an intramural flag football 
tequila sunrise thingy. Uh, so big, big sky guy. Never have made it to Nottingham Field. I'd love to get there on a Saturday. Talk to fans who should go out and get some tickets who love football. Colorado now loves football, the whole state. They ought to get to Greeley on their on their road trip. What can they expect? Oh, yeah, great question. I mean, you know, you're, you're talking to a coach here that just took over and, and we went 0-11, right? But I think we're on the front end of a, of a remarkable turnaround. I'm betting my job on it. I'm, you know, this is, I, I don't want to be any other place. You know, I've got friends in the business who have worked at amazing places. They have no idea what it's like to be at a program that is, you know, uh, challenged, you know, to, to take uh, in my, during my time at Southern Utah, when we took over that program, we inherited an 18 game losing streak. And in year three, we won the first championship in school history. And that that's what it would do here that to duplicate that if we can win the big sky here it'd be the first time in uh, the division one history of the school first time since i think 1997 uh when they were division two that they won a championship what a tremendous story and if you get a chance to come and see that in person and be a part of that story in person i think that's uh, well worth your while and you're really betting on Colorado high school student athletes. I think you had your signing day last week, and, and I think the number is correct. 18 out of 22 of those student athletes you signed are from Colorado. You, like you said, you're building your reputation around it. You're banking your job on it. You really believe that you can win with Colorado high school student athletes. What has been the experience in your little year, a little over a year recruiting in state and, and seeing some of the infrastructure that the high school programs in Colorado have built up? Well, we're already, you know, starting to flip that roster that that I inherited with Colorado kids. This is now our second recruiting class. The first one was heavy Colorado kids as well. We're starting to build a regional cohesiveness within our team. Some of our best leaders and uh, guys with the most potential are young guys in this program. I'm a, you know, I think coaches sometimes fall wildly on on one or the other end of the spectrum. I'm a player development guy. Other coaches are recruit talent, you know, and and at some point you got to make your decisions on there. You know, not a lot of the talented kids that are also developmental are coming to FCS football, you know, and yet if we do it right and develop these guys, uh, we can have a, a regional cohesiveness. We can have a, a spirit of gratitude for being in the place that we're at. And we can, you know, put uh, – numbers of guys into the NFL and and have a lot of successful championships. We've sold that exact same um, process to the high school coaches in Colorado, and uh, it's been well-received. The, the University of Colorado started out as as the um, the teaching college, and it still is. The, the, the School of Education is one of the biggest aspects of this college. So many of the high school coaches in this state are UNC grads, and they couldn't be happier than to see us out there recruiting their their own kids. One of those Colorado success stories we had on this podcast is Chargers starting running back Austin Eckler from Eaton, Colorado, went to Western Colorado as a as a one star recruit like us, basically a zero star recruit. Uh, so I know there's a couple of those gems out there, probably even on your roster right now. What's what's the emphasis on the strategy with the emphasis on high school athletes versus transfers? I noticed there's very few transfers in the class. Is that a size thing, a byproduct of the size of the school or the program or what's the strategy behind that? Well, simply stated, I, you know, our, our goal, there's there's no way to measure it, but our goal is to believe that we're the hardest working team in the country. And so, you know, the idea is that if, if we truly are the hardest working team in the country and, and we're pushing these guys in a way that nobody else can and nobody else can inspire their team to do that, um, if, if, if we're able to do that, then why would we take a guy that's two or three years into a lesser working, working program and not happy there? You know, the grass – 
the grass is always greener on the other side for a lot of these guys. The portal is filled with with more uh, dead ends than it is success stories. And we're just not looking to build the program like that. I think if it were a Colorado native that's out somewhere and wants to come back home and, and you know, get a fresh start somewhere, I think we'd be open to that idea. But we 100% believe that we can take the 17, 18-year-old kid and four to five years later be playing in a, in what we call guarantee games against a, an FBS program. And, and we believe those FBS coaches will be saying, where did they get these guys? We did the same thing at Southern Utah. You know, we went and uh, played UNLV in, in about our fourth or fifth year there, beat them by 30 points. And and all those a lot of those kids were right there from Vegas, which is, as you know, really close to Cedar City. Still got to figure out, Coach, who's your starting quarterback's going to be. You've got some front runners going. Bill, you picked a starting quarterback yet? Yeah, uh, no, not not picked one. It's it's you know just like my job, I can be shown the door any day. Uh, we like to do that for all of our uh, players as well. It's a daily competition. We, um, you know, Shake a Kaikendall got some uh, good playing time last year. Hank uh, played well when he was in. Uh, suffered a, an injury that kind of kept him from really competing down the stretch. And then Peter Castelli was a a highly rated recruit that uh, transferred in a year ago, but he was serving an, an ineligible year last year. So I think those three guys are probably the, you know, the top of the depth chart going into spring practice. Competition is what what drives success, and we're we're going to see it starting with the spring here, Coach. We end every interview with the segment we call one star to five star. We always talk about it. We're one stars, but we're trying to get better. We're trying to get advice and tips from from every guest we have on this podcast, like yourself. So I want to ask you a few questions that run the gamut on a one to five star scale. Just three of them to close it out here. Sounds good. You've been in Greeley. We mentioned a little over a year now. You got you got the family. You're going out on a Saturday night to a restaurant. What's let's say let's call it the five star Lamb Family restaurant that you found in Greeley that you just love to eat at? Yeah, Centennial House has been one that that we've really enjoyed um, here in town. It's fairly new. I think it's only about a year old. Uh, same owners run a restaurant across uh, across the way, Luna's Tacos, which is another good one. We really enjoy uh, the the fair over there at Centennial, and it's a nice environment. You feel like you can be anywhere in the world when you're sitting in there. We'd love to shout out those small businesses, Centennial House and Luna's Tacos and Greeley. All right, second one here. You're in a profession that a lot of people want to be in, obviously, but it's a supply and demand thing. There, there are only so many spots out there for head coaches. You kind of seem to have a really good grasp on balancing work with family and, and everything in between. It's probably that longevity that that's kind of put that all together. But we know coaching isn't all roses and butterflies. What's let's call it? What's the one star part about being a college football head coach that you would change in a heartbeat if if you could? You know, I'd like to see the uh, the television copy show all twenty two players on the field. I think there uh, there's so often um, a misunderstanding by fans of you know what's available. You know, like there were some people that were really upset the forty ers weren't running the ball more. I don't know. I don't know how many people actually know that, uh, you know, maybe they were trying to run the football. There's a run pass option uh, there in the third quarter and and um, the Chiefs were just doing a great job of stacking the box. And so at that point, you're playing your numbers and, and you know, sometimes a team that's been as successful as the 49ers running the ball, they've they've opened it up with the passing game and the play action passing game. And that's that's actually what went cold. And so I think if if. Uh, you know, if there were a little more uh, wider coverage or at least the option to see that and announcers were a little more in tune and uh, instead of trying to discredit the coaches, let maybe find the reasons that that got them there and uh, what they're struggling with, I think it'd be a much higher appreciation level and a, and a more educated fan. 
Uh, spoken like a true coach, I think we're getting Nick Saban and, and possibly Bill Belichick in in the booth on on Sundays and Saturdays now. So maybe we'll see more of that perspective come out. I like through, that. Uh, I like TV. that. Last one here. You have a big birthday coming up in a few weeks. Here, you're turning fifty on on March fourth. On a scale of one to five stars, what are the odds we're going to see a big fiftieth birthday party celebration for Ed Lamb all over social media? What what are those birthday plans, Coach? Well, zero. If if you've seen my social media, you know that uh, it's pretty deceased. I, I only have a, a Twitter account so I can DM recruits. I've never actually done a post or a like or anything like that. I'm not even sure how to do those things. And, uh, you know, the other thing that saves me on that is my son was born on the same day. We have the same birthday and the same name. And so the birthday really becomes about him. And it's easy for me to kind of deflect any, uh, attention that would be coming my way. It's, oh, let's, let's make this about, uh, my son who we call Edward. I'm sorry to bring it up. I know you're one of us, man. You don't like to put that out there and celebrate those birthdays, but I wouldn't do it unless it was a big one. So uh, we appreciate you coming on. Everyone go follow Northern Colorado football. It's at UNC underscore Bears FB on both Twitter and Instagram. Coach Lamb, not a big social media guy, but you can find him on there too. We're a little over six months out from the season opener. It's at Incarnate Word on, on August 31st in San Antonio. Coach Lamb. We, uh, we wish you the best of luck this season and beyond, man. Thank you again for coming on with the One Stars. Thank you, guys. Thank you for what you're doing. I really appreciate your efforts. You're very welcome. Go get your tickets, fans. Get your tickets. All of Colorado has great football going on. Great football, great basketball. Colorado's big sports day. Go support Northern Colorado. Special thanks again to Coach Ed Lamb up there in Greeley. Northern Colorado DK 0-11 last year, but as you heard from that interview, they're poised to improve on that. You can only go up from here. You know what's interesting, too, about the Big Sky is, is I believe it's one of the only conferences that doesn't have any realignment. I can't even keep track of our Pac-12 schools, who's going to the Big 12, if the Pac-12 even exists anymore. But if you look at the Big Sky teams and standings, you're going to see the same teams as last year. It's Montana, it's the Idaho's, it's Montana State, NAU, like you mentioned. All these guys are coming back for another year. Big FCS powerhouse conference, so Ed Lamb's got his work cut out for him, but he seems like the right guy for the job. Right guy for the job. Taking over for a guy that everybody knows, Ed McCaffrey. Dad of Christian McCaffrey, 49ers, loser in the Super Bowl, but great running back. So big name, big Phil's. It's it's a tough job. He's the right guy for it. Glad we can have him on the pod. One star recruits. Rip, we do really good job getting people on right before the, the elevator takes off a little bit. And this is really common in, in head coaches in football. You spend, you pay your dues. You you really get in the mud a little bit, and then the next job comes calling and the next job and so on. Before you know it, these guys are at Notre Dame or Florida. So big, we'll see. Love the big sky conference at Montana, Montana States always wins. They're always the ones winning for some reason. So something in the water up there in Bozeman, who knows? Maybe uh, old Ed Lamb is the next Mac McClung DK come out of nowhere. One star recruits appearance wins back to back dunk contest. What do you think? Yeah. Thanks. Nice tie rip. Nice all-star weekend tie. How did you like it? How was your all-star weekend with the NBA? Lots of people hated it. It's like so many things in sports these days. My kids are reeling me back into it because they're super interested. They're super interested in the Steph versus Sabrina. They're interested in the dunk contest, the three-point contest. I even watched the skills challenge. I watched the the Ruffles celebrity game for. Oh, Christ's so sake. you're fully you're fully all-star committed. This is great. This is this is really good. So you're seeing it through your children's eyes, which is fun and probably enjoyable from its own perks, though. But was it digestible? Was the 
Let's start with, we can pass a celebrity game. I don't care about that. Let's start with the court, the lights on the court. How did that hit your stomach? Yeah, it was, it was all right. I mean, I, I believe it's been done before at lower levels, but it, it's kind of cool to see it as a one-off thing. I mean, I, didn't, I really didn't pay too much attention to it. It didn't jump out off the screen to me. To me, less I'm not mad more. at it. I'm not mad at it either. I think it was fine as a fan and good. Dunk contest, your guy, Jalen Brown, worst energy ever. Worst. To be a, the superstar out of the group in the dunk contest and for him to put on such a cheesy that's the word cheesy performance he blamed the floor for not being able to do the dunks that he had planned which are all silly prop dunks like but not dunking over cars like they used to or or doing now we're at the stage where we're recreating dunks but not even recreating them we're creating them at a such a lower level of of style flair and performance and trying to get our points in like the Look what I thought of. Like, look how smart I am versus look how cool this dunk is laying with him. But he blamed the court, Rip, for not being able to to jump as high as he could. How about the dunk contest? It was going to be hard to top last year when when Matt kind of came onto the scene and threw down some of the best dunks ever. And to me, like, agreeing to go into this contest against Mac, who was uh, an obvious favor and a front runner, one of the top five dunkers ever, I'm not afraid to say it, was was a tall task and I don't even know why what Jalen Brown had to gain by going in this contest especially when he had those dunks planned so I don't really get it but uh, it was cool to see Mac win again it wasn't nearly as good as last year but it was nice to see our guy Mac win it again yeah it'd be nice to see him get a call up in the NBA too to kind of bring him out he's the only G League guy that gets brought out now for this dunk contest every year this happens and then Twitter gets a hold of this uh, X gets a hold of the dunk contest, and I start seeing these guys at Club One in St. Louis and and the Metro clubs in in Dallas and these country clubs in San Diego doing way better dunks, like way better dunks, different movements I've never seen before, reverse three sixties while flipping hands. So although Max's first dunk was great, I really liked the alley oop to himself. Uh, the gimmicks got to chill a little bit more, and I think we can get back to the to being an, an athlete, and you have to. It's like kind of like a drop in a joke in stand-up comedy. You do got to bring them in a little bit, but you really got to Vince Carter in Oakland hammering that dunk home and the whole building erupting. That's that doesn't exist anymore. We're too cool for school. Too cool for school is really the name of the whole weekend. All-star game itself. So you're watching with your kids, Rip. We know the last 10 years it's been, I don't know, it's been this, which is kind of just like a scrimmage, a light scrimmage, open practice. Is what they used to call it when fans come to practice. It has those types of vibes, some singing, some dancing, whatever. A lot of incentives have been thrown out, money incentives, uh, to actually get this thing going a little bit more. So the target score, the ELM ending, all good stuff. That puts a purpose on it. They're talking about monetizing all stats. So monetizing like hustle stats, monetizing rebounds, taking it, throwing money at it. Uh, sometimes that's not the solution. Sometimes you throw money at problems that problems get a little bit worse. I don't know now at this point in time, Rib, you've been committed with your kids for three hours of mediocre to poor skills challenge, shooting challenges, and dunk contests. Are you watching again? You letting them back in on Sunday for the All-Star game? 
It's unwatchable. That I watched zero seconds of the actual game. Uh, there is, as you know, there's a cool feature on YouTube TV called Key Plays. So my my five year old's super into that. So you can just go through any game after it's over and watch all the key plays. You can see the Lillard half courts and all the alley oops to themselves and all that. So that's all we watch. But yeah, the game is actually unwatchable to me. And, and until they until they can promise no one's going to get injured, I think it's going to be the same way. Even the money incentives, the stat incentives, that's not going to keep anyone from getting injured. And I think. That's always the main concern with a mid-season game. Yep, same for me. It's an unwatchable. I knew it was on. I knew it was coming. I scrolled through the beginning, and the pregame was drawn out just like too long, too much, and I was out. I went on a walk and didn't even think about it. It's just not something, and it it's not something that it used to be in the '90s for us, Rip. And maybe we were kids. Maybe now kids just digest it a different way. I love it that they're doing – that's the way to, that, that basketball is going to be taken in in the future. You're going to watch 10, 11 clips and take in a full game. No more recording a game. No more sitting watching the whole thing. I think in football, it's eight minutes of action in a three-hour game. But something like that. Eight to 16 minutes. Listeners, you can tell me if I'm wrong there, but that's a little nuts. I don't want to be one of those that haters in either because I think it is entertaining. I think it's fun. I think we live in a world now where we want to say things suck to say things suck. I'm just not interested in it as a consumer. And I love basketball. I'm starting to become, I know we talked about being a big, you know, NBA league pass people. And I do love watching obscure basketball uh, still and cooking and putting it on, but I really don't give a shit until the playoffs, man, is kind of the cold hard truth about the NBA for me. I'm a big NBA playoffs guy. I kind of get the stories through social media and then I'll watch a couple games a night, but I'm not watching full games anymore. So we'll see what the NBA can, can mix up in their pot. I know that they'll keep changing things up. That's what's kind of cool about the NBA is they're down, at least, to make changes. They've even seen it with All-Star. They pulled The player said it's too much bullshit. They pulled out some of the, uh, some of the extra bullshit, like the drafts and the other commitments. Uh, probably as top of anything with any All-Star games, City Matters, the place where it's being held. I think does matter a lot in the overall vibe of success. Uh, and I think that keeps the Joker and, and, and Luca, although jumping around like toddlers, having a good time with each other, don't care about being in Indianapolis. They might've been happier campers in Miami. Who knows? Who knows? How about having the game after the season? Like the NFL does Would that help or change anything or is that just a no i think the nfl is unwatchable too i don't have solutions rip i don't have good solutions I, I i i need to think of it a little bit more but i don't really like the regular season anymore so maybe i'm just a fucking curmudgeon <laughs> maybe got, that's what's happening that might be it you got you got no solutions no answers do you have a one-star moment of the week one-star moment of the week i do i did a beach trip i did a beach trip um by myself Wife, my wife came me wanted to chill and read a book. I said, I'm going to go lay out at the beach. It, it was colder in the mountains. It was nice at the beach. I'll tell you, bro, it's so hard not to look at butts. Like, what a time to be alive. Great. Amazing. I remember growing up all the way through college. If a thong bikini was being worn in public, beepers would go off. Uh, Nokia's snake would be interrupted on your Nokia phone. With a, with a code that a thong was being worn in your county, it was it was just really like a bad signal. It was such a rarity. You know, two thongs at, two thongs. Would you do this weekend, bro? I saw two thongs at Roosevelt Lake, you know, <laughs> best weekend ever. And now you're kind of out of style if you cover your cheeks. It kind of, you can kind of even see it. Like, it's like, it's like, oh, you're not stylish anyway. Anyway, so I was trying to navigate my way 
to my spot on the beach. Stay cool, act cool. Well, at least 45 sets of cheeks are perking up, catching some sun. It's human nature to want to look, but the last thing you want to be is like a creepy beach guy. And this is a whole new era, really, dude, where still my 16-year-old self is like, oh, a thong. And it's like really kind of the thing. So my one-star moment was walking through the gauntlet of thongs at Poipu Beach over President's Day weekend, acting like I'm from Ibiza, Spain, and it doesn't phase me, like doing my best to be super cool but also trying to determine my path and if that would be, a, you know, very confusing. Am I wrong, Rip? These bathing suits are getting smaller and smaller each summer. It's a gauntlet of butts. I want to just be cool, but I also want to look at some butts. Very difficult situation. No, it's, I think, any natural human because you don't see it every day. But when you do see it, it, it still is a little surprising. Definitely a lot more common than it was 20 years ago with the Nokia phones, but still... Very surprising. Were you, is it as surprising it? for a 24-year-old? Or this, is that just like what it is? I can't speak for 24-year-olds, man. I'm a man. I'm 40, DK. I cannot you speak are 40. For... You remember, though, when like, you know, somebody might have been laying out in the field in, in, your, in your area in Mesa. You know, all the homies would get on their bikes and head over there. Yeah, it was, it was, it was quite a sight. You, you, you'd beep somebody to page somebody. They'd call you back from a payphone somehow, and they'd show up. Is, uh, is there a chance you were at a nude beach or is that is it just uh, that's just no, how it no. Is, normal think? beach, man. It's really the game. Body types don't matter as much. It's the high. Th it's the thing to, you know, get sun, get some sun on those things. Everybody feels more free. I think when you go bathing suit shopping, that's just what you get nowadays. Were you wearing sunglasses at least to kind of hide where you're looking at? Yeah, and I wasn't even like doing real looks, but you know, it's just, it is the human nature. You're just I'm like, ah, oh, six, six people ain't out there with their butts out. You keep a straight path. You give a little gander. Do they want you to give you a little gander? Like, is is that, is, or is you just doing it for some real sun? Uh, even the male shorts, smaller nowadays. Maybe people like sun more. Who knows? Yeah, you don't discriminate. Curmudgeon, big curmudgeon. You're looking at, at guys, girls. You're looking at anything with with uh, a G string or, or yeah, any nice butts, dude. Any nice butts. My sister and I call them squares. If we see a nice square, we say, "Hey, there's a square. Just take a look over there." They got a code for it, so it's always nice to see a good butt. Appreciate a good butt. If you're out there showing it off, you're showing it off because you got a good butt. A lot of bad butts though too, and I still want to look at some bad butts every now and again. You know, what can you do? Hey, you're, you're living the life out there. Send me pictures next time. That's all I can say. The, the iMessage gets them a lot quicker than that Nokia. There's no messaging of that anymore. That's the creep level. That's what you pass over of the, of the, of the messaging, Rip. You just got to go with the flow. Be cool. I'm from Ibiza, Spain. I see it all the time. Move on through. What's your one-star moment? Beat that. I had a, a weird one this week. I... Kids are always asking crazy questions. As we know, it was President's Day, so they're asking why we get this day off. And they actually get got last Monday off for, I believe, Lincoln's birthday. And then this last, the second to last Monday off for President's Day. So anyway, my kid asked me about Abraham Lincoln, all these questions. How old was he when he died? What year did he die? Why did he die? How did he die? I said he got, he got assassinated. What does it mean to get assassinated? So, you know, it goes down the whole line. And then finally, I explained that to him. And he said... Well, who killed him? 
And I, I had a blank. It's one of those questions that I feel like nine out of 10 Americans should know, but my mind was going to like Sirhan, Sirhan and all the eighth grade history lessons. And so anyway, thank God for Google. I, I looked it up and, and I know the name John Wilkes Booth. It hit me after those one of those, but to me, it was that one of any five people. I didn't know exactly who it was. So I, I Googled it. I John Wilkes Booth it. And uh, that, that was my one star moment, basically not knowing what I feel like nine out of 10 Americans should know, but I don't know what parents did without Google, like when we were little to answer these things, you just lie to your kids. Like, and so thank God for Google. Like I said, it took me 0.2 seconds to come up with John Wilkes Booth. Lots of, lots of lying or lots of sending you to like an encyclopedia. Do you remember the houses that had the encyclopedias? You would have had to dig through there, find the bees, B-O-O. Yeah, we got, we got it good these days. You can just uh, find, find the answer on the internet within seconds. But uh, I don't know. Would you know that if I asked you who assassinated Lincoln? Did you know? Right yeah, away, I would have known that. I, this is my history is my history, state capitals and history and state capitals are, are, are my best subjects. If I'm doing bar trivia, those would be the two I would say um, I can see the clearest music would be my blind spot, my number one blind spot. But but I, I think I know that one. Rip, you're at the you're at the magic age of serious question questioning going on with your kids. So um, onward, Godspeed. They're coming with the good ones. I can't even imagine this day and age with the news and people saying the kids and patience, understanding, and truth. Keep no lying, Rip. Keep it real. I can't wait for the what's a G string, what's a thong question after they listen to this pod. If they've gone to the beach, they've got to already know. But they're that's the thing. At this day and age, it's normal. That's the new normal. Very true. Do you think do you think CJ and Chili from from Trash Talk Boys would know the answer to who assassinated Abraham Lincoln? Worst trivia dudes ever. No chance. No chance. However, like I said, you get them in their lane, movies, film, whatever they like, beards, serial killers. Uh, they're great. That's the beauty of 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 trivia. You've got to communicate like a good group project. You got to get out really early. No overconfidence. No, no. You will be exposed in bar trivia if you say you know state capitals and you, and you don't know Olympia. You know what I mean, Rip? You will be exposed, okay? So uh, keep them off, your, keep them off of your, your trivia team. Good podcast, bad trivia players. How about Wreck of the Week? That's your wreck, Trash Talk Boys, our guy Chili? That's always the wreck. Uh, but we, we talk about it every episode, so that's always the wreck for me, but... No, I, I'm going to bring up your favorite subject, DK, my, my upcoming trip to France that I've been talking about for 10 years. And part of that encompasses my wreck of the week. And because everyone knows if you have a passport and you're about to travel, if your passport expires within three months of after your trip, you got to get that thing renewed. Sometimes you might get stranded at the airport. But the actual wreck is that now that three-month timeline has apparently changed to six months. So anyone listening to the show, if I can save one person from getting locked up in, in the in customs in, in the Hague or, or Amsterdam or something, I'll do it because if, if your passport expires within six months of your travel dates, you got to get that thing renewed. So I was scrambling yesterday when I found that out uh, to get my wife's passport renewed. So I get that thing sent in the mail this week in time for, but that's it, man. Six months is the new date. Six months is the new three months. Did you know that? Didn't know that. I got to get a passport done. You live in the Mecca of, of, government offices though you can always drive to someplace and get it i gotta drive i gotta fly to the island of honolulu if i want to express it if i i'm in the stage of i need to get my pictures redone because i lost all that shit all that shit in the fire see ya so i gotta get my whole pictures redone and send it in good reminder for me i'll take the reminder rip one star wreck my recommendation i'll keep a hawaiian take your phone out listeners right now 
go ahead, pull up Google, Yelp, whatever you use to search in the town you live in for food and go ahead and put in these lines, Malasada. I think I remind people once a year, sometimes Rip will throw it out there. It's a Hawaiian donut. I know you got donuts all over the mainland. Everybody thinks they got great donuts or whatever. These are just a little different. They'll put a smile on your face. I know they're popping up all over the mainland. So hit Malasada into your search bar. This week, go out and get yourself one. I had an amazing lily koi and cream. My personal favorite is just one dipped in cinnamon and sugar at coffee at the beach with thongs. Excellent morning. So get yourself a Malasada. M-A-L-A Sada. It's, it's it's a great wreck. I think I had one of those when I was visiting you in Maui last year. Uh, unfortunately, terrible timing, DK. This is a really Colorado episode. You're giving local Hawaiian recommendations. You can no big Colorado, big big Polynesian community in Colorado. Lots like, of recruiting actually going on for University in Northern Colorado on the islands. These guys are get, active. Get Winston on and let me know where I can get a malasada in Greeley, Colorado. Get Winston on, and and that's the real wreck right there for all our, our Colorado listeners. Plug it in. Plug it in. If they have a malasada, you can probably get yourself a mixed plate too. Double down. Breakfast and lunch. Get a little bit of summer's coming up. Get a little bit of Hawaiian goodness in your life. They're they're great. They're fun. If you have kids, it's different because they're circular. Uh, malasadas, support it. Go get it done. Uh, Maui Invitational coming back to Maui next year. We're excited about that. All right. Tasty Rex of the Week, Rip. Well done. Hit the music. Rip's Reactions. So our guy Onik from the Shooting 2 podcast ran into Bill Cower in Vegas a couple weeks ago at the Super Bowl. He said hello and got a handshake. Olivia Coppo and Christian McCaffrey are on vacation right now in, in Cabo with George Kittle and his wife, wearing thongs, of course. Rip, you're at a bar and Christian McCaffrey and George Kittle sit next to you. What's your move? What's your line? Be honest. Right now in my life, it's going to be the kid angle. I might not have my kid with me, but I'm going to go up to them and tell them how much my kid loves them, how he has a McCaffrey jersey shirt he wore during the Super Bowl. Because they're going to reject me as a 40-year-old man, but if I talk about kids, they can't say no. So that's the angle. Smart. Smart. Great angle. And if you have yeah. your kid with you, it's it's even more surefire. Kid is not with you. How, how about no kid with you, four drinks deep? I'm going to tell him we had a Northern Colorado guy on this week, Ed Lamb, who just succeeded his dad, Ed McCaffrey. One-star move. I'll probably get punched oh, in the face. Oh, mix it up. Mix it up and cobble a little bit with Christian. I like that move, too. Great, great answers. Maybe your best Rick's Rips reactions yet, bro. Dude, well done. Matthew Slater retires as a, as a Patriot. Is he the last special teams only guys ever? He's the last one that I know about that was successful at it for so long, and you just don't hear those guys. I remember Justin Bethel from the Cardinals within the last five to ten years was really good, made a few Pro Bowls, but I think Matthew Slater made ten Pro Bowls. I'm, I'm on board for him in the Hall of Fame because it shouldn't matter what position you're at. If you're the best at your position, you're the best at special teams, you should be in the Hall. So, yeah, legend right there. Best locker room guy. Inside, inside baseball, best locker room guy that helped bring a lot of those rings there. So put him in. Put him in. A cougar attacked five cyclists in the state of Washington. They survived. One woman's in more serious condition. Rip, you're cycling. A cougar is chasing you. Please describe your defense moves you will perform. Back kick, side punch, pedal faster, get off your bike and act big. What's your move? 
If I have four other people with me, I think I'm going to go with strength and numbers because uh, that's the only thing that I get. The, the Cougar's going to catch you. You can't outcycle it. If you kick him, you can't. I mean, unless you get him at the right place and he falls down and he's hurt, that's really the only defense to me. Otherwise, you're going to get a, a leg taken off. It's going to be in his mouth. You're getting, you don't, you're, you have enough time to think to move people together like a bee swarm? Who's I mean, in the middle? If you're all really close to each other, at least you have, like I said, strength in numbers, so you might have a chance to scare the thing off. I, I think I read that they tackled they tackled the cougar and subdued him. It That's could go bowling. It could go bowling with you if you're too close. Out, spread out maybe creates more of a problem, Rip. This needs to be studied. One star. Bob Marley, one love, one of the box office this weekend. A lot of people are bringing their kids to see this one. At what... Age, are you taking your kids to see a PG-13 movie? Maybe this would be a cool entry-level mo movie to take your eldest to on a father-son outing. What do you think, Rip? Thumbs up, thumbs down on Bob Marley with your eldest. I was just looking at that yesterday because we had President's Day off, and I was looking at going to see movies. They were all PG-13. It's too early for me for that now. I'm, I'm, we're really uh, conservative on that kind of stuff. I always go to Common Sense Media, record of the week, Common Sense Media, to see what age appropriate each movie is for. So I, th I think we're at least a few years off from that. I don't want to expose them to anything I don't have to. Rip's reactions, wonderful. Winston got back to me. City of Greeley, no, no malasadas. Oh, wait, we got, we got all these malasadas. It's a food truck. There's a food, food truck. truck. I was saying there's no brick and mortars. It's still the Winchell's town. If he's telling me, but yeah, I'm getting the food truck. All these malasadas. There it is. Portuguese donuts. They're at the yeah. Uh, yesterday they were at the Fresh Foods on the corner of Mountain and Shields. Not sure of the town, but that's where they were. So Northern Colorado, go get your malasadas. Northern State. We're Northern State people doing Northern stuff, eating malasadas, sometimes wearing thongs. Life's good. We'll see you next week. See you next week. <laughs>